Welcome to a special Sunday morning edition of Pick'em with Wes and John. Uh, very honored, uh, very excited to have uh, one Mr. Russell Copeland on the show this morning. Uh, Memphis Tiger fans will definitely remember the name. Uh, absolute legend for the uh, for the school uh, and still a great ambassador for the university uh, to this date. Um, John, thank you for being on the show again. Anytime. Russell, have it. The uh, floor is yours, uh, sir. Go ahead. Well, well, guys, th thanks for having me. And, um, you know, this right here is the third week for the National Football League. But for the first time uh, since football started early September, it feels like football is back. When you look at the SEC uh, open up conference play uh, yesterday, the debut of Lane Kiffin, uh, Mike Leach uh, at State, and, and you look at Ole Miss versus Florida, Dan Mullins, his football team looks outstanding. They're ranked number five, but they look like they're a team that definitely could play for the national championship. And, you know, his transfer from, from Pitts, Kyle Trask had an outstanding day, 416 yards, six touchdowns. And I think uh, we understand about his tight end. I think his tight end proved yesterday that he's probably the best tight end in football and probably would be a, a high draft pick, you know, grabbing eight catches for a tight end, 170 yards, four touchdowns. Um, I, I think for me, when I look at that football game, is that the array of touchdowns, how he caught touchdowns, long touchdown passes, the back shoulder fades. And, and just going back to Mississippi State, man, Mike Leach, you know, there's a lot of questions about what would this air raid look like at, at, at Mississippi State. And I think he showed that yesterday by beating uh, the defending national champions at LSU 44 to 24. So, you know, you know, that was good to see guys. And also when you look at Oklahoma <laughs> yesterday, uh, they were defeated by Kansas State. And here's a Kansas State football team that was defeated by Arkansas State a few weeks ago. And who beat Arkansas State? Uh, the Tigers beat Arkansas State uh, the first week of the season. So the question is, how good is, is Oklahoma? But I think a better question is, how, how good are the Memphis Tigers? Exactly, exactly. I think that's a great, a great point. Great, great question as well. And I think it, when you go back and you were talking about Mike Leach, uh, you know, the big question out of Starkville, which John and I have talked about numerous times, is how many times is, is the ball going to get thrown? And, and I, I wasn't expecting video game numbers yesterday out of uh, KJ Costello, but that was the, one of the most impressive performances I think I've ever seen from a first-year head coach in his first game. Walking into Death Valley at LSU is not easy. Uh, no matter if it's daytime, nighttime, COVID or not, um, that was very impressive to see yesterday by Mike Leach. Um, Costello was was lights out yesterday. When you can throw for 632 yards and you have five touchdowns, when you get the attention of Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl MVP, then you're definitely putting up some outstanding numbers. But Mississippi State, they took them to them that game, and and we know about the air raid, we know about the history of Leach, but as you alluded to. I don't think we were expecting that type of football game. You may have thought about maybe 30 points, maybe 300 and some yards, but when you throw for 632 yards and you go down and you hand it to uh, the defending national champions, that's saying a whole lot in your debut. And I tell you what, if Mississippi State can continue to play like that and get the turnovers and play hard on defense, they'll be a team that you have to look out for. But what an outstanding debut for, for Leach and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I was wrong about it. Yeah, I was too, John. I was completely wrong. I mean, the entire nation was wrong. 
Nobody saw that. In in my opinion, no one saw that that performance coming yesterday uh, from not only the offense but but the defense as well out of Mississippi State. And also, guys, I think I think we we have to be able to look at that was uh, the opening weekend for the SEC. So for me, including the Memphis Tigers, is that uh, you know we're we're going through the COVID area so era. So I feel as if whatever program can be able to adapt to what's going on now as far as missed practices, as far as mm -hmm. from week to week, the changes that you may have to go through from week to week, who can be the best and and, and be able to adjust when you're losing players and your program has to be suspended for a while, like we're talking about the Tigers. What, right. what, what team and coach can be able to, to get those young players mentally prepared to play a football game the following week or two or three weeks as you're looking at with the Memphis Tigers? When it comes to the Tigers, uh, obviously you played in a completely different era. Uh, back then, Memphis didn't, really, didn't throw the ball nearly like we do now. Um, do you see this program keeping its success and, and maintaining its success with Coach Silverfield at the, at the helm? I definitely do. Uh, you know, it started when, when you look at Coach West and then you had Fuente uh, comes in. Um, now, Coach Norvell, he set the standard. And I, and I think Coach Ryan Silverfield is the perfect man for the job. And, and when you ask about the success, I think in order to keep the success and keep the program to where it is, um, I think it's very important to keep the head coach Mm -hmm. um, around for a long time. So I would love to see Coach Silverfield. And, and personally, I believe this could be a home for him. I really do not see him bouncing around. Things could change, of course, but he's been around right. the block, so to speak. He's been in the National Football League. He has that experience. He's been there. So so I think with this offense, um, with the defense, I, I think it was an outstanding hire uh, when you get uh, – Mike McIntyre, two times national coach for that defense. I think that defense, what he's going to bring to that defense is going to be some discipline. They'll fly around the football. They'll be mentally into the game. Um, he knows how to coach young men. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, anytime you have a coach that is coaching the National Football League and, and he comes from that tree of Bill Parcells, then you know that that defense will be disciplined. And I think something that's been missing from the Tigers defense is that not as much as points given up, but I think the big play. So I'm excited to see how we can limit that big play and still get after quarterback and create turnovers for a very explosive offense. What I also, what I also like um, is that we kept our special team coach in Pete Limbo. And uh, I'm glad he did not jump ship to go to Florida State as well. But I'm glad we kept him. And look at all the recruits that we got so far for next year coming in on special teams, running, you know, defense and offense as well. Uh, exactly, guys. I, I just think, you know, from top to bottom, uh, the team at Arkansas State got off to a slow start, but it, it, it was Coach Silverfield's first game. He gets that game uh, under his belt to win that football game. But as I alluded to earlier in the show, Arkansas State beats Kansas State. So Kansas State beats Oklahoma. So that goes back to the Tigers, you know, winning that first game. Because when I was looking at that football game, I was like, hey, you know, Arkansas State is is a pretty good, solid football team, and they proved that when they beat Kansas State. So, so I'm going to be uh, excited to call the, the the football game and just to see how Coach Silverfield is able to play a lot of players because I think from a mental standpoint, it's going to be a challenge with all the weeks off and also a stamina 
uh, standpoint, that's that's going to be an issue going to Texas and just looking at now the weather doesn't supposed to be really, really hot. I think it's supposed to be in the in the lower 80s. Uh, upper mm-hmm. 70, so so that'll be good. But but something that stood out for me in that first game, guys, when you're talking about talent, I think it was it was about 28 players that played. So that shows me that the Tigers have depth. And and I'm going to see during the game is that number higher than it was in the first game to get some players that you may not have thought about playing, but you may have to be forced to play them since you've been off for three weeks. Great point. Great point. I was actually getting ready to make the same point. Uh, at my next point to talk. Uh, I think you're going to see just how deep this team really is at, at numerous positions, uh, one of which, which I'm very excited about, is the running back position. I think if you look at the running backs at Memphis, uh, we're stacked. you got Colin Watkins, uh, Drake Clark, uh, a young man that I coached in youth football, and that's uh, one Colin Granberry uh, out, of, out of Raleigh, Egypt. Uh, I would, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing just – just how they can utilize all these weapons uh, on the field. Uh, but the most the most important piece to me is Brady White. Uh, I think if you look at Brady White and his maturity, his uh, decision-making has definitely improved. And I think the number one thing that I'm excited about is getting him to see him. I mean, let's see him run a little bit. Let's see him show his, show his agility to the nation because it's there. I think I think Brady White is is probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks uh, in the NCAA, and I think sometimes he gets a lot of negative criticism from our own Memphis Memphis fans. But what he does is he wins games, and in order to win games, you have to be very smart. And to be very smart, you have to be smart with the football. I think he takes care of that football. Um, I think he has an outstanding ball. Just looking at the first game against. Arkansas State, he was able to make some placement on some deep post corner throws that were outstanding mm-hmm. to Dyke. Um, he was also able to place against the cover two when you have a safety high and you have a, a cornerback that's going to be low to place that ball in there to coach it. Uh, so he is bringing another dimension, an added dimension to his game because he ran the football a couple of times, and, and, and I'm excited to see that. I want him to stay healthy, but that does bring another added dimension to the game if he can get outside of that pocket and be able to stretch uh, the third down and be able to get first downs when the defense um, has the right call for him. So I'm excited to see Brady White. I'm excited to see the running backs that you alluded to, uh, especially when you lose a home run hitter in game in game. Well, um, I think that's one position um, that we're stacked at. I think that's one position that the Tigers do have a lot of depth at. Uh, it's always hard to replace a guy such as game. Well, uh, but in the first game, as, as you saw, I think, Clark Rodriguez, I think he did an excellent job, and I think Keelan Watkins can be that type of guy that can come out of the backfield that, that you can hit and get some of those mismatches. So so I am excited to see uh, the running back position. Is there any type of position that we should be concerned about as a fan right now, or are we okay? Well, well, well I think you always have to be to look at your interior line, your offense and your defensive line, especially when you're talking about conditioning and you haven't had a chance to go physical. So – if we can avoid that injury bug, um, I, I think that will be very important for the Tigers. But I think coming into this football game, I think it can possibly be a strong point for the Tigers. I think it's a solid offensive line. And we saw uh, in the first game um, how we were able to get after the passer with, with uh, Joseph Dorseus and also uh, Brian Goodson. So so I, I just think you have to look at your interior line, offensive defense, and be able to keep those guys healthy and also fresh. <laughs> Well, congratulations on being named uh, the new, uh, I guess you were the new road 
voice of the Tigers, correct? On the road with Dave Lotion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm just excited, excited guys, um, to, to work with my alma mater, uh, the University of Memphis, the Memphis Tigers, um, and and just excited to see, to me, one of the most explosive uh, offenses in in college football. And as I talked about earlier, I think I think uh, Brady White is one of the best quarterbacks in Division One. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Of uh, uh, sitting beside Dave Wilson, I've worked with Dave before, and just ready to get the show on the road. Uh, let me ask you this: As far as a fan of Memphis, does it make you watch uh, a, a little more tape on them per se, or and, and their opponents versus did you or or did you really kind of do that do that anyway? Well, well, not actually watching tape now. Um, if I have the opportunity with COVID and everything, I would love to be able to to watch some tape and be able to break it down um, um, and have a film room session, but. As a former Titan, as a fan, I'm always watching all their games. I'm always looking at them and always recording them. So, so to speak, you know, I've always stopped plays, looked at plays, looked at formations, and, mm -hmm. and look at what defenses are doing, look at what we're doing on defense, look at the backfield. So I've always always done that. And, and now I'm just able to, to be a part of the broadcast team now and, and hopefully bring my expertise um, to a program. Uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, what happened in Dallas last week? Well, when you look at the Atlanta Falcons, um, it, it seems as if they cannot hold on to a league. And when you when you look at Dan Quinn, uh, <clears throat> I, I think his job was on the hot seat. I think now mm -hmm. that seat has became scorching. But when you go down to the last play of the game, um, I played on the hands team, and I think anyone that has ever played on the hands team, the onside kick team, you know that the the receiving team can get the football at any any time. Right. And for me, guys, it was mind-boggling that, you know, you may have in, in all sports, you may have one guy that may have a brain freeze. You know, you, you look at baseball, you may forget how many outs it is, you know. Um, but to have six guys not jump on the football to me was was mind-boggling because actually guys that was the easiest onside kick to recover because usually when it comes off the tee you want to be like an infielder in baseball and you want to catch it on the right hop if you're going to charge it, you want to be able to get a good bounce to it but this ball was just spinning around so it would have been very easy to just jump on it because it was not going to bounce off the turf and uh, i think the dallas cowboys got a gift uh, they got a gift, but I still have to take my hat off to the Dallas Cowboys because they were able to stay in that football game and they were able to fight. Even though Atlanta did not take the fight out of them, Dak Prescott had an outstanding game, and that's the type of football game that Jerry Jones, his owner, wants him to be able to win those games. He wants them to win division uh, championships and, and, and have an opportunity to go to Super Bowls every year, and that was a big game for, for the Dallas Cowboys and a big game for Dak Prescott. Do we see Tony Pollard getting more involved in this offense? I, I, I think that would be a key to success. I think the issue that we're having when you look at Tony is that there's so many different weapons on that Dallas Cowboy team. You got CeeDee mm -hmm. Lamb. Uh, you got Amari Cooper. You got Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think early is still early in the season. But if they can find a way to, to implement him in the game, in the running game, and be able to spare uh, Ezekiel, I think that'll be good. But, but I tell you what, he could start on a lot of teams in the National Football League. They've, they've definitely got one of the best one-two two punches. I think it's probably behind uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, 
uh, with Hunt, Hunt, mm -hmm. Hunt and Chubb. Uh, but I would definitely love to see uh, Tony get more involved in running the football and also coming out of the backfield. I want to talk about what, uh, or uh, not Carolina, but New Orleans traveling to Seattle last week. Are you a fan of doing the shotgun from the one yard line, or do you like it under center? Well, well, guys, it really just depends on the flow of the football game. But I would like to see my bigs on bigs. If, if I'm on the one yard line or inside the five yard line, I got a big offensive line, and and I and I've got Murray um, to run the football. I, I I've got one of the best. Uh, you know, slash type backs in Kamara. I I would just see get my offensive line, and and we'll we'll put two tight ends in, and and we'll go after them and see can our big guys get some pressure and get some push to get us in the end zone. I've always not been a fan of it since from you know I cover high school football a little bit on the side, and I've seen a lot of games being lost on the one yard line, like in overtime because I don't know if you noticed or not, but the overtime starts from the ten yard line, going mm -hmm. into the end zone, and I've seen more teams use the shotgun from the one-yard line like they do in college and NFL, and they want to mm -hmm. try to get the kids to learn from it, you know? But I, I'm like, I, I, I've always been a fan of the under center from the one-yard line, hand it off to, like you said, man against man, and just hand it off to, like, the running back or the fullback and try to get in the end zone or try to do, like, a quarterback sneak. I've seen a lot of games lost that way. That's one reason I brought up the Cam Newton experience from last week. I, 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 think, I think, actually, when you, when you look at it, the offenses now uh, – they do so many different things. And I think sometimes offensive coordinators can get a little bit outside of the box because you have so many plays to run. And sometimes the defenses have, have did different things, different fronts, different looks, and you want to be able to trick them. But I think I go back to old school football and, and, and be able to put my man on man. But when you look at with Cam Newton in the shotgun, we're talking about Cam Newton. Okay. So when Cam Newton is in the shotgun, it gives him a, a, a better chance to run with the football than actually being on the center. I don't think they may have been on the one. It may have been on the two. may have been on the three. But he can be able to pick and choose a hole because he's 240, 250 pounds. Mm -hmm. But then again, guys, if he makes that, we say, hey, man, Cam Newton's back. You know, they use that power run with the quarterback. If he doesn't get it, we're going to question it. But I think when you get Cam Newton down on, on, on the goal line, you can run a lot of different things with him being in the shotgun because he's not your typical drop-back quarterback that would be in the shotgun where you're going to say, hey, I know he's going to throw it. So he brings a two-way go if he's in the shotgun. Are you a fan of him running that football so many times in the first two weeks? Um, I think if he continues to run the first game, I think he had 15 uh, carries for like 75 yards, I believe, some, mm -hmm. something like that. I don't think he can continue to run the football 15 yards, but I tell you what it is. Cam Newton is Cam Newton when he does run the football. I think the biggest question is going to be, can he stay healthy? But he looks like the Cam Newton of old in 2015 when he won the MVP, when he led the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl and a 15-1 and record. I think they're going to have to be able to get something from the tight end um, to be able to stretch the football down the field, but they're going to have to be able to get their wide receivers on the edge to be able to catch some passes. You saw Edelman last week. He went off last week, and I think they had an outstanding connection. But I would love to see some of the outside receivers be able to stretch the football field, and that makes that offense even more dynamic. Do you think Sean Payton and the Saints are a little bit in trouble, or do you think they'll bounce back? No, I do not. What I'm going to say, guys, is that let's not hit the panic button. Let's just, <laughs> let, let's just, let's just hit pause just for a second. And, <clears throat> and the reason why – why I say that is that you've been hearing questions about Drew Brees his entire career. 
you've been hearing he can't, you know, stand over the line. You know, you got questions about his arm strength after he had the surgery, especially even the last four years. Can he get the football down the field? Well, you know, I watched that football game last week, and I think when you lose Michael Thomas, he's not a guy that stretches the field, but he has caught 145 yards, 145 passes. He had nine touchdowns. He had nearly 1,800 yards receiving. So that's a big part of your offense that's going to get your defense doing different things. I think now when you do not have that safety, that, that security blanket, now defense can play more straight up. you got Emmanuel Sanders coming in. This is his first year in the offense. You haven't had a lot of offseason minicamps, so he really doesn't know exactly the offense. So I think give him time. Sean Payton, to me, is one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. Drew Brees in a lot of categories, he's number one. I think they'll get some things turned around. Um, I think we'll see Drew Brees throw the football down the field. Um, I'm not going to hit the panic button on the Saints. And by the way, the Saints were my pick for the Super Bowl, so I'm definitely not going to hit it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think when it comes to the Saints, uh, I mean, you know, Drew's going to be Drew. Drew's going to get you your yards. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to move you down the field. Uh, I think Kamara for that Saints team is the biggest weapon out of everybody. Of course, Michael Thomas going down definitely does hurt. But I think mm-hmm. Kamara, uh, I mean, he's just a Swiss Army knife. You can put him anywhere. He can do anything. He can pick up a blitz like no other to me. Uh, I think that's a definite strong suit mm-hmm. that nobody really talks about is his pass protection coverage. Uh, I think he does an amazing job at it. Uh, to get into the games this week, uh, Russell, uh, first up, we got uh, my favorite team, the Tennessee Titans, uh, heading up to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, how do you see this one ending up? Well, the, the, the Tennessee Titans have jumped out to a 2-0 to a, to an lead. I think they've, they've picked up where they left off last year. Um, I, I think for me, the biggest question for them is going to be their big money quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Can he be mm-hmm. able to progress from year one to year two? Um, I, I think he has done that a little bit. But we know that football team is going to have to run the ball and be on the back of Derrick Henry. I think if Ryan Tannehill can spread the football out, their defense, you know, is going to be a good defense. When I look at the Vikings, when I flip there with the Vikings, they're right where I thought they would be. I think they had a lot of losses in, in, in offseason acquisitions. When you lose digs at the, at the wide receiver point, I think Kirk Cousins need that big-time receiver. Yes, he still does um, have one, uh, Adam Thielen but he mm-hmm. lost Diggs. On defense, they lost Griffin. They lost both of their defensive ends. So so I, I think this, this team lost a lot for a team that was so good last year and you were looking for them to be able to go to the Super Bowl. I think the Tennessee Titans imposes their will on this football team. Um, I think Kirk Cousins struggles again. Um, I'm going to get the Titans a victory um, today. How about uh, J.J. Watt and his brother facing off against each other? And the uh, Texans p- traveling to Pittsburgh. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you, you know, what a better way on Sunday to be able to go against your brother. You know, you, you played in the backyard all the time, even though you're not actually going to be going up against him, but it's always going to be good for a sibling rivalry. And, and, and I tell you what, guys, I, I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love mm-hmm. this football team from top to bottom. Um, defensively, they may be the best defensive team um, in the National Football League. Uh, they can, man, they can rush the passer, man. Uh, you got Minka Fitzpatrick leading uh, that secondary in the back. They're, they're very good up front. They got linebackers that can run side to side. 
And and I just think they're going to get after Watson. And and we're talking about, you know, this is a quarterback-driven league. And when you look at Deshaun Watson, uh, when you when you lose D Hop, when you lose DeAndre Hopkins, your main guy, your main focus, uh, you know, that's a lot. That's that you know, that's a lot. You know, Deshaun got the huge contract, 160, 170. If I was him, I would have been, you know, in the front office and said, hey man, you know. Hey, I can't, I can't lose D Hop. When you look at D Hop going to Arizona, you look at the numbers that he's put up, and I think him and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray has hooked up, and, and that's why they're two and zero. But I, I just think the Texans will struggle um, mm-hmm. on their offensive line. They're struggling. Um, he's running for his life, and he does not have a wide receiver. Cobb hasn't stepped up as the number one. Um, they haven't have a guy that can make big plays. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I look at them getting after Deshaun Watson the entire football game. Yeah, I like you know I like that Memphis connection that we also have with the Steelers still you know with Butler, Fickner, and Tomlin a little bit. Yeah. Hey, awesome guys, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I completely agree. I think the uh, I think the Steelers are really a sleeper team uh, for the entire thing, in my opinion. Uh, the thing if you look at their defense, uh, it's nasty on all three levels. It's nasty, and offensively, Big Ben is still slinging the football all over the yard. Uh, yes. Very fun to watch. And, 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 and we're talking about, guys, you, you know, when you're looking at, at the defense for the Steelers and, and we talk about winning football games, they can run the football and, and they got a, like they got an outstanding defensive line. You know, Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt, um, Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, those guys who get after the passer. So, and as you mentioned, offensively, Juju Smith is back to that connection. They're able to score some points. They can run it with James Conner, Benny Snell. Um, they got uh, Ebron. At tight end, mm-hmm. he can move, he can score, and you already already had Vance McDonald. So I, I I like the Steelers. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, Bears Falcons. We talked about the Falcons earlier. Uh, I, I'm gonna take the Bears. Uh, I, I'm I'm not really sold on Mitch Mitch Trubisky though. I just he doesn't really uh, he doesn't really get me excited. Well, the Bears were one of my wild card teams uh, picking to coming in um, along with the Rams. Um, I, I think when you look at the quarterback position, I think it's the one position that that needs to have some consistency. When you look at Mitchell Trubisky, when he played a couple of weeks ago against the Detroit Lions, he had a so-so half. But I tell you what, in the second half, he came through as the top 10 quarterback that you guys that, that you picked. He got hot in the, in the fourth quarter. He made some outstanding throws. And you also have probably the best reliever in football. You got Nick. Nick Foles, and that's what he does best. So I think if they can get some consistency from uh, this football team, I I think they'll they'll be good. But but I think he, he definitely has to be able to be consistent. They have an outstanding defense, and they're playing against the Falcons, and yeah. the Falcons are are zero and two, and probably they're looking at they should be one and one. And when you lose a game such as the Falcons lost last week, it can either make your team or it can break your team. And I think early in the season. This is a must-win for the Atlanta Falcons and also for their head coach to to, to keep his job. Uh, I think out of all the two and zero football teams, I think the Bears are the team to me that can lose. I think mm-hmm. the Atlanta Falcons pose a problem for them, just as you alluded to, as far as the quarterback position. Can he afford to get into a shootout, or can their defense come through and limit Matt Ryan? Because if Matt Ryan is on the football field, he's going to score some points, and I just yeah. can't trust. Mitchell Trubisky right now being able to throw the football all over the yard. I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons get on the winning side this week and beat the Chicago Bears because they're playing at home. 
Do we see? Yeah, do we, that's why they're favored, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but do you, do we see Anthony Miller getting more involved also? Well, well, you know, when you look at the Chicago Bears, their offense, they play a lot of receivers. They play a lot of different sets. And and we're talking about the quarterback position. In order for Anthony Miller to be able to get started, he's the type of receiver that needs to get the football in his hands early and get it in his hands often. Those are the type of games that he has big games when you, when you hit him. I don't know what the game plan is. I played in the West Coast offense, and sometimes game plans changes when you have a third receiver and fourth receiver. You have four receivers, you have three receivers, and sometimes that third receiver is not always in on fourth receiver plays. I hope so. Um, I think he has tremendous ability when he's throwing the football. Uh, he makes plays. It seems like it's every other game. Um, <laughs> you, you know, he comes through in Detroit. He didn't have any catches, I don't think, last week. Um, no. So I think this is a game that, that he's going to need. And especially when they're playing against the Falcons, man, they're going to throw the football over the yard if they have to. And I think he can get involved. But the question is, can Mitchell Trubisky protect the football? Will he be able to throw the football as he did the second half of Detroit? But I would love to see Anthony get involved and score a couple of touchdowns. Me too. But uh, two games I got a question about. Tampa Bay traveling to Denver and then Dallas at Seattle. Uh Tampa, Tampa going to Denver. First of all, you know, I, I, I like the first week what I saw from Denver uh, out of lock. Unfortunately, he gets injured. He gets hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't have Von Miller for that first football game. They've lost their big play wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. So they, they've been plagued by injuries. Tampa Bay, this would be a good game for Tampa Bay to be able to now get the continuity together for Tom Brady, those wide receivers, get their defense aligned, uh, ready to play. Uh, I think Bruce Arians will have them ready to play. I look at a big game for Tampa. I, I think they'll look like the team that we expect them to look in week one that they didn't. I think they'll get better each week, and I think this is a formidable opponent uh, for them to get a lot better and to put up a lot of points. And then Dallas at Seattle. I'm going. Oh, man. Now, now that's that's <laughs> going to be – that's that's an outstanding football game. And, 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 and I'm going to start with the Cowboys. Uh, here's the Cowboy football team that were eight and eight last year. Um, started off three and zero, and and as the season went on, they could not beat a team that was that was five hundred or better. They were one and six, so they fired Jason Garrett. So here comes Super Bowl winning uh, coach Mike McCarthy. I think they had a gift last week, but at the same time, a win is a win, and what a big time win! And I think that's what Mike McCarthy needed uh, to win a type of football game like that for his, his team to have confidence in him. And, and I just love this football team from top to bottom from a talent standpoint. Uh, we talked about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. You look at the wide receiver, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Um, they got a solid offensive line. I think their questions is going to be on defense going against Seattle. Um, I, I think they're banged up at the linebacker position. And, and who is a better team to come at you downhill than the Seattle Seahawks? They've got to meet the best quarterback in football. Uh, playing the best court, playing at playing the best at the quarterback position, they're going to run the football a lot. Um, I love Russell. I love their defense. Um, I think it'll be it could be a shootout, but I'm going to take Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll winning this football game. I think it'll be close. It'll be a great game, uh, but I'm going to lean toward uh, Russell. Take Russell Wilson as well. I think uh, if you go back and look at um, Russell Wilson over the last what three four years. I don't think there's been, there's been a better, more consistent quarterback at that level than him. I think if you look at all the weapons that he has, uh, now you take in DK Metcalf, uh, still got Lockett out there. Mm -hmm. uh, 
happens everywhere, but his level of consistency to me uh, is just out of this world, in my opinion. I love Russell Wilson, everything about him. His smaller stature, arm strength, can make every throw, drop it in the bucket, you name all the little things, he can do it. Uh, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to walk away with a win. Uh, I think they're going to walk in and beat the Cowboys uh, today. He, he, he definitely has it all. I, I think he's been underrated, especially when you look at the MVP, but he has had to play against the Aaron Rodgers. Um, mm-hmm. He's had to play against the Tom Brady's. Uh, he, he, he's had to play against some of the best quarterbacks in the league when you look at Peyton Manning. So I think the MVP has eluded him. But you're talking about a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl. He's been to the Super Bowl, actually probably should have won the second Super Bowl if he run the football uh, with beast mode against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he just brings a lot. And I, I think the reason why I like this football team now is that it's just not a one-dimensional team. We know they're going to play defense. We know they're going to run the football. But now he has weapons outside that he can throw the football to. We know what Tyler Lockett can do coming underneath. He can also get deep. But you got that man. We got that 6'3", 235 man that runs a 4'3", and his name is D.K. Metcalf. And you look at the secondary for the Cowboys, I think they're depleted. I think that's one of the areas that they needed to upgrade. They tried to in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think overall, offensively and defensively, I think the Seahawks are a better team. Offensively against offense, I think both of those teams match up good. But it's mm-hmm. going to be the offensive against the other defense. And I think the Cowboys may, may struggle a little bit against the Seahawks. But even if they're able to put up points, I still think – Russell can have his way with the Cowboys' uh, defense. The game that I'm uh, very interested in today is the Bengals and the Eagles. Uh, I think if you look at the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow excites me a lot. Um, Not only what he did last year with LSU, putting up those numbers was incredible. Uh, But I think if you look at his resume so far as a professional quarterback, uh, I'm I'm impressed with him. Uh, he's, He's got the weapons. Uh, if he had a kicker, he might have won a game. Um, but I think this Eagles team, I, I, I think they're going to bounce back. I, I, think I think we're going to see a different Eagles team. Actually, the Eagles team is kind of a disappointment. Uh, for me, I thought they would be playing a little bit better than what they have played. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that they probably would lose the division to the Cowboys. Uh, but when you look at the first game, they come out, they play outstanding football. The first half, they're up 17 points. And a team that's coached by Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, been in an outstanding system in the West Coast with Mike Holmgren, I thought that that football team would come and finish the Washington football team, and they did not. They relinquished that lead. They gave it up, and they lost that football game to a team that's totally rebuilding. When you look at Carson Wentz, what Carson Wentz are we going to see? Are we going to see the, the Carson Wentz that has all the expectations and had an outstanding year before he tore up his knee three years ago? Or are we going to see the Carson Wentz that is making bad decisions and, and throwing the football and getting interceptions? I think he has to protect the football better. This defense, uh, for me, is going to be the strength of their football team. I think Carson Wentz has to get some short throws to get him into the game. I would pick the Eagles to win this game. Um but they're not playing well. They're not playing good at all. And, and, and I love Doug Peterson. I think he'll get the football team playing better. And they're playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I tell you what, the Cincinnati Bengals are not a football team that you can say, hey, we're going to go in and this is going to be an easy victory. You talked about it, man. Joe Burrow looks like he has the it factor. The it factor. When he played uh, the first two games of the season, he's doing something that's uncanny 
for a rookie quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback that has not had any OTAs, that has not had any mini camps, and did not play any preseason games. So, so he's playing outstanding football. He has a running game. He's got a defense that's getting a lot better. I think it'll be a better game than what people think, but I think the Eagles will come out and win that football game. I think they'll get after the rookie quarterback with the def defensive line with Fletcher, uh, Fletcher Cox and, and those linebackers. I like what Derek Carr has done with the Raiders so far. You know, going into year three, John Gruden going 2-0 so far. They traveled to New England this weekend and uh, Cam Newton. Well, well I, think, I think I think the Raiders guys um, are, are a football team that has gotten a lot of draft picks. You pay John Gruden a hundred million dollars for your to, to be your coach. Mm -hmm. uh, despite what happened with Antonio Brown last year, I think the front office and John Gruden has got this football team up ready to play. And and Carr looks like the quarterback that makes over a hundred million dollars. I think it's a hundred and twenty-five million dollar contract. He's playing outstanding, man. He's playing outstanding football. He's spreading the football around. It's typical West Coast offense. Uh, you run some underneath passes, you run some play action, and if you have a tight end in the West Coast offense, man, I tell you what, you can do a lot of things there. And John Gruden is a master of being able to spread it around. Uh, it's going to be a tough game when, you, when you're going against New England Patriots. We know what the New England Patriots has done over the past 20 years, and for the first time in these 20 years, you don't see Tom Brady. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't see that combination with Belichick. So you go out and get Cam Newton. I think there was a lot of questions. Well, how would he fit in with the New England way? I think he's fitting in very well. I think he's a couple of yards short of being 2-0. and I think it'll be a great game for the Raiders, but I think the New England Patriots are still a tough opponent in the AFC, and you cannot close the door on Bill Belichick. I think they'll come out and play. Great game. Uh, but I, I love that defense for the Patriots. I think they'll get after Carr a little bit, and I think Cam Newton has an outstanding game. Give me the Patriots. Who has been your biggest surprise and your biggest dis disappointment so far? Well, the biggest surprise um, is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I knew coming in that this was going to be a team uh, that was going to be a thorn in a lot of people's eyes. I, I think Kingsbury, mm -hmm. Kyler Murray, I think what they've been able to do offensively, uh, they're 2-0. I think, I think that is a big surprise. I, I love them. They're in a tough division. Uh, you, you got three teams that are 2-0. The Seahawks are 2-0, and also the Rams are 2-0. Uh, but the Cardinals are a big surprise for me. Um, the biggest disappointment, um, I think I may have to look at the Texans. Um, when, I, when I look at the Houston Texans and I look at Deshaun Watson, and I, I, I knew they gave up D-Hop, D but they have some receivers. They, they, they have Fuller. Uh, they have Cobb. Uh, they, they have a good running game they've got from Johnson, uh, their defense. I did not think that they would be 0-2 going into the third week, and now they got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they, they're notorious getting to a slow start, but I did not think that they would be 0-2. Um, to me, they are the biggest disappointing team being 0-2 and, and looking at perhaps maybe 0-3 after uh, tomorrow, after tonight, actually. Russell, I'm going back to your college days a little bit. You know, I want to talk about, like, what was your best road trips that you like to go on as a player? And maybe as a fan now, as a Memphis football fan, like as an alum. Well, well, guys, it, it's so so hard for me to say a particular place um, um, because it was all business. It was all business for me um, to be able to play. And to be honest, guys, you know, coming from Tupelo, Mississippi, and and uh, you know, I, I played a lot of sports. I was able to travel a little bit, but to go to Division One football, started 17 years old. I was excited, and I was a little kid that loved to play the game. Um, you know, 
Uh, I don't I don't have just a particular favorite uh, place to go. I just enjoyed it. Of course, Florida. Anytime you're going to play in Florida, it's always good. The weather's always good. The fields are always nice. Um, but not traveling-wise, I love to play against the Mississippi schools as far as Ole Miss and Mississippi State because uh, a lot of my high school players were, were on that team. I'm from Mississippi, so I would always want to have a good show. But it's always good to go to the Sunshine State and, uh, and play. Uh, as far as now, um, just traveling. Anytime I can travel and watch the Tigers play, man, it's awesome. Uh, but I think the best best thing to travel with the Tigers is when they're going to a bowl game and, and to be able to com compete uh, in one of the top bowls like it was last year. So going to bowl games for me with the Tigers is great. But anytime that I can travel with them before this year, of course, I'll, I'll be working. Um, but it's just always awesome for me to support my team and, and just know what the program has come from and what the program is right now. It's just very exciting time and, and just, just love what the Tigers are doing. Are you in favor of basically like the Memphis Arkansas State games? Because I know a lot of people are bashing that non-conference schedule in a way, but I'm in favor of it because I love going to Jonesboro. I love maybe going to like North Texas in a couple of years. I see where we got do have Arkansas, and Mississippi State, but are you in favor of those playing those Sun Belt teams and Conference USA teams? Well, well, you, you know I do like playing Arkansas State. Um, I like that. I like that that rivalry. Um, but for me. I'm a SEC guy to play against because the SEC is looked at as from top to bottom, probably the best conference or the toughest conference. So I would love to get the Tennessee on the board. I would love to see the Ole Miss on the board. I would love to see the Mississippi state on the board, those teams, but um, Arkansas state. Yes. But I would like to see, see more of a tougher schedule outside Um when you can get some teams such as, you know, honestly, when you look at a team such as Michigan or teams like that outside. Um, but an SEC, you can never go wrong, in my opinion, when you put an SEC. And when you look at Tennessee, that great rivalry that we've had, it would have been great to have them on the schedule and beat them up a little bit. Why do you think back in the 90s, like when my cousin played in the 90s and you played in the 90s, that we could basically go to Michigan, Michigan State? And why do you think why we cannot do it now? I think the biggest thing is, is when I played, we were not in a conference. We were independent. So when you're independent, then you're able to float around and you're able to play uh, schedules that you can. And then when you look at your coach, uh, for me, it was Coach Chuck Stobart. So he was able to play against the Michigans because he had coached at Michigan. He had coached at Ohio State. We played against the USC's. We played against the Florida. We played against the Florida States. So in, in my three-year playing career at Memphis, we played against some top schools. And I think, you know, we played very well for Memphis back in the day. I would love to be able to see see teams like that, but it's more difficult now because when you look at all the bowl games, when you look at all the conferences, it's difficult now to to schedule those type of games now compared to what it was then. Completely agree. Completely agree. Another uh, another series that I'm very excited to see come back. Obviously, you can see the sign back here. Uh, is the is the Arkansas series? Uh, as a as a Tiger fan, always grew up uh, loving to play Arkansas. Uh, and of course, now being married to an Arkansas alum, it's a house divided, so it's going to be even more fun uh, to see starting up in the next couple of years. Uh, and I think if you're if you're a Memphis Tiger fan, you, you know you you go back to that to that Larry Porter year, uh, you know just and you saw just how bad it really was. Mm -hmm. Just just to see where it is today and see mm -hmm. the 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 ESPN game days coming to Memphis and mm -hmm. hear the guys talking about how much fun they had and how awesome the fans are on a national level. That's what excites me more uh, as a Tiger fan. It's just how much we really, I mean, crap. 
Russell. I, I used to get made fun of for being a Memphis fan. So mm-hmm. now it's 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 completely different, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, back to the NFL games. I think we've got what uh, one, two, probably like three or four more games left to go over. Uh, a team that I'm uh, a quarterback that I that I liked a lot in college, uh, and and I think he has talent. Uh, and that's I'm talking about Sam Darnold uh, from the uh, New York Jets, uh, taking on the Colts today, uh, traveling to Indy. Uh, how do you how do you see this one playing out, Russell? Uh, you know, speaking of the Jets, the 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 Jets have been bad for a long time, and and you look at Gase. For me, uh, I question that hiring of Adam Gase. I mean, he really was not able to turn the Dolphins program around. Then he goes to the Jets and try to turn their program around. And we know this is a quarterback-driven league. To me, Sam Darnold has to be to make the jump. He's not making the jump that he should be. And if you go wrong with a quarterback such as Sam Darnold, you're picking him uh, one or two uh, in the draft, and he's struggling as he is now. It's not all his fault. I mean, because they've got a lot of holes. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you bring him in, you know, he's not been able to be the Le'Veon Bell uh, at Pittsburgh. Why is that? Is that because you don't have a, a passing game? Mm-hmm. It's just a bad organization right now, and they're going to have to take game by game, but it's tough for them. They're not looking very well, but it is the National Football League. Everything can change from week to week, but going into Indy, you know, Indy was a, was a football team that I had picked for a wild card as well. Uh, my former team teammate, I think Frank Ryan is doing an outstanding job with them. They get Phillip Rivers over. I think he's rejuvenated uh, you know, after you've been married to someone for a long time, which the marriage was with him and the Chargers, and it's like, hey, man, we don't want you anymore. You're old. Thank you for what you've done for us, and, and we'll holler at you. We'll see you. Mm-hmm. And I think he used that as motivation to get one year $25 million. I think this is a coach team that can run the football. Um, they got a great defense, and, mm-hmm. and Coach Wright will have them where they need to be. I think the coach take care of business, and I think we, we still look at the New York Jets and say, man, you know, between the New York Jets and the, and the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals, which one of those organizations is going to be able to step up and not mm-hmm. be the same old Jets, the same old Bengals, and the same old Browns? And right now, the Jets look like the same old Jets. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, another team that I, I'm, I'm very excited about, uh, of course, they just lost Christian McCaffrey. I'm talking about the Panthers. Just lost Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I think you bring in Matt Rule. You bring in Joe Brady, uh, both from the pro, uh, from the sorry, from the college ranks. Uh, I I just enjoy the kind of different style and different uh, approach to it that those two guys bring. Uh, and then you bring in a guy that I think was very underrated in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, what do you think of this Panthers Chargers matchup? Well, I I love what the Panthers are trying to do as far as rebuilding. Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's a solid quarterback. He'll, he'll protect the football, but I think it all starts with their running game in McCaffrey, and I think he's going to be out now for several weeks with a high ankle sprain. That mm-hmm. takes a lot from the Carolina Panthers, especially rural when you're putting in a new offense and you haven't had the OTEs and the mini camps to have everyone to gel together. Um, I, I think they look good as far as what they're trying to do, but they're 0-2. Uh, the Chargers, I think it's a good opponent for them. The Chargers are 1-1, one one, but they could easily be – you know, zero and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when you look at that that that, that football game, I, I I think for the Chargers, they're they're kind of rebuilding a little bit. When you look at the quarterback position, we know what happened to to Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's going to be to play. Unfortunately, uh, he gets an injection and his and his lung gets gets punctured. So so now you have the young quarterback. You got your big arm quarterback from from Oregon. 
uh, have to see how he plays from week to one. This is a game that you can toss up um, because Carolina wants to win. Uh, but I'm going to go with the veteran coach um, to be able to pull this football game out. Give me the charters in this one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I I think this is going to be – I mean, I don't want to say one of the games of the day, but I think that's a it, it's a very interesting matchup for today uh, between those two teams. Uh, up next, we've got the Sunday night game between Green Bay and New Orleans. Uh, this is a very intriguing matchup. Well, you look at both of the quarterbacks. Uh, you look at Green Bay, you look at Aaron Rodgers, and he's getting older. And I think, for me, uh, going into the offseason, I thought that they would try to probably get one of those free agent acquisition wide receivers to be able to, to help him. Uh, mm -hmm. to be able to go with Devontae Adams. They did not. So they said, hey, here's our roster. You're going to go with Alan Lazard. You're going to go with Marquise Valdez. You're going to go with Scantling. And and this is going to be your squad. So he looks at that as a slap in his face. So anytime you bring in another quarterback, it's like, hey, man, you know, thank you for what you've done. But we think yeah. that you may get a little older. It's time for us to rebuild pretty much like when he first came in the league and you had, had Brett Favre. 13-3 and three last year. Um, First-year head coach Matt LaFleur. Outstanding job. They have picked up where they left off. They look great. Aaron Rodgers is looking like the MVP that he was before. Um, they, they got a good defensive line. I call them the Smith brothers. When you look at Preston Smith, you look at uh, Derek Smith, they can get after the quarterback. I, I think they're playing outstanding football. When you look at the New Orleans Saints, I think, I think when you're good for so long mm -hmm. and you're one of the best quarterbacks that played the game and you're always in the playoffs, and unfortunately for them, they haven't been able to get over the hump. Uh, they've had two terrible losses. You had a bad call against the Rams, I think, that could have sent them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You have the big-time catch by the Vikings, uh, by Diggs, in the last minute of the game. They've been there. They didn't play as well as I would have liked them to play. I, I thought that they had the offense offensively and defensively. I think they'll put it together. Uh, I want to pick Green Bay. I love Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but since Drew Brees did not play the game, um, that we're accustomed to seeing them play. The Saints did not play like we're accustomed to seeing them play. I love Drew Brees, man. I love the underdog. And to me, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever played the game. He's number one in all categories. I like Sean Payton. Played with Sean Payton, uh, under Sean Payton uh, when I was with the Eagles. He'll get this football team ready to go. You're talking about a shootout. It's going to be a shootout, man. I'm going to pick the Saints. Wow. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the Packers on that one. I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, just watching what uh, it's it's just amazing to me what he can do with the talent he has. Uh, it's it's just it's sheer greatness to me. Uh, I think if you look at Aaron Rodgers, uh, I he has nobody. I mean, who does he have? He has Adams. That's about it. Uh, Lazard is is you know to me he's decent. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Packers. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna lead him into uh, New Orleans and get the win. Uh, up next, we've got the Monday night. You talk about a shootout. This is going to be fun to watch. Monday night, you've got Pat Mahomes going up against Lamar Jackson. Uh, if you're an offensive fan of football and you don't watch this game, there's something wrong with you. Uh, this is going to be a heck of a fun game to watch Monday night. Who do you got on this one, John? Man, we're talking. I forgot. We yeah, we got to do that game yesterday on our show. Yeah, because uh, I forgot all about it. <laughs> How could I forget about it? But Two awesome MVP quarterbacks that put up video game numbers and maybe like total, total 
touchdowns combined, you know. I'm really kind of leaning more toward Baltimore just because I like Lamar Jackson a little bit more, and I think that he has a little bit more weapons. I take Baltimore. Well, guys, can we flip a coin? Yeah, that's, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that's what I just did in my head. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, honestly, if, if if you love football and and you follow football, um, you have the two MVPs of last year when you have Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes was the MVP the year before, and he's the reigning Super Bowl MVP and the Super Bowl champion. And and when I when I look at this matchup here, could it be um, what we're going to see in the AFC Championship when you look at the first part of of, of January, the last part of January, going into February. Um, I think I think the, the Baltimore Ravens, to me, from top to bottom, offensively and defensively, I think they have the most talented roster. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, the people say he can't throw. When you look at last year, he had nearly 120 QBR rating. He had two perfect passer ratings. He led the National Football League last year in touchdown uh, passes. So he can get it done running the football, throwing the football, and now he's getting help from his wide receivers and Willie Sneed and Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Um, I love what they have on defense. When they got Calais Campbell, man, that was a huge pickup for them. He's putting pressure yes, he uh, on the quarterback. On the back end, you look at a man, you got Marlon Humphreys, you got Marcus Peters. Um, I mean, th they have a solid football team. And, and then when you go back to the Kansas City Chiefs, man, you have a target on your back when you win a championship. And they've won that championship. And I think when we look at Patrick Mahomes, we know that there's no lead that's going to be big enough for him. He proved that last year. But to me, looking at them last week, they're not the well-oiled machine that I thought that they would have. But Andy Reid would definitely get them going. Patrick Mahomes is arguably the best quarterback. I think we got the best two young quarterbacks that's playing tonight, arguably the best two quarterbacks in the league. Um, give me the Ravens, man. I like the Ravens, man. I completely agree. I think if you look at the Chiefs, uh, I think one of the big strong suits, and I think one of the reasons that they were able to win the Super Bowl last year was their defense, not mm -hmm. the offense, but the defense. And I don't – I just feel like they're – maybe it's because of all this COVID-19. I don't know what it is, but it's they're not quite back in that flow and in that continuity that they were late in the year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it's early in the year. Uh, as we know, but I think I'm going to take the Ravens on this one as well. Uh, just for that, to me, it's just that's big based on defense. I think if you look at the Ravens' defense, uh, they're flying to the football. They're smacking you in the mouth. And I think the Chiefs, uh, I don't want to say holes in their defense, but they've got some uh, some uh, areas that they need to work on. Exactly, exactly. And, and to be able to win big games, I think you have to be able to run the football and you have to be able to stop. The run. I do like Kansas City's uh, young rookie in Hilaire. Um, but when I look at the Baltimore Ravens uh, with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, so you got Justice Hill and you got Lamar Jackson. So you can run the football in so many different aspects of the game. You bring a lot uh, going against that Kansas City Chiefs. So when I look at it, I think the difference would, would be the Ravens offense going against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. I think the Chiefs defense are not as good as Baltimore Ravens defense. So I think that's going to be the difference to me. That's why I picked the Ravens. I feel like I missed the game. I feel like we've we've missed the game somewhere, but I can't figure out where it is. But Russell Copeland, thank you very much for being on the show, man. Like I said, it's a huge honor, a huge pleasure to have you on, uh, and just be getting to 
getting to tap into just how how knowledgeable you really are with the game of football, uh, college and pro level. Uh, hope hope that we can have you back on again. Hey, thank you guys for having me. Enjoy these games today. I'm gonna sit back, eat a little food, man. Get in my man cave, man, and sit back and enjoy, man. A lot of good games coming on today. Hey, Russell, I got a quick question, real quick. Back to your Canada football days. What was that like? Oh, I, I didn't hit Canada. Yeah, back in Canada. Yeah, they get the right, CFL. Yeah, Canada, Canada, Canada was good, man. You, you know, I played in Buffalo, so Toronto was only like a couple of hours away, and there's there's not too many better cities than Toronto. Uh, I didn't play a whole long, long. My career was winding down. I was getting hurt a lot. My injuries were were, were setting in, uh, but I really enjoyed the city and enjoyed playing for the Argonauts. It was a great organization. I really liked it. Do you think it'll succeed still? Well, I think I think you can never have too much football. Um, um, I, I think it's always an opportunity for players to be able to go to Canada and hopefully be able to come to the National Football League. But the way I look at it, I do think it will succeed because I don't see another league. Every league that we try to do over here, for some reason, it, it doesn't make it. I know you had COVID-19 this year when you, when you had the XFL. Uh, it was looking good. And then you have the American Alliance football, which I was a part of uh, broadcasting. I love that league, but unfortunately – uh, monetarily wise, it wasn't able to compete. So I do think the Canadian League will still be going on because you don't have a lot of competition 